I guess doing it. Uh, well, this is, you know, Zero and Rock on the other line. How you doing? How you doing? Shut up. Um, today we have <laughs> today we have um, one of the newest members of the the NYI, uh, the New York Initiative, uh, Spectre, and he is yeah, he's a great guy. He's 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 pretty funny. He's he looks like Thor, um, only really happy. <laughs> like like if if Thor had just gotten laid, that's what he looks like. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, I'm just gonna let him uh, intro. Oh well, besides that, rock. So you know what's going on? What's going on in your world? Um, we broke a record yesterday. We found 117 needles, but since our last uh, our last record was 103, and I think we were there for that day. 103 needles. Um, yeah, we always, yeah, well. yeah, you were there. We always only uh, up the uh, amount by one. So we we picked up 104, and we fed 200 people. How's that? How's that for a slice of pride, Joel? <laughs> and, uh, you guys made a uh, made a video of, of, of all of our heroes, uh, old school, right? You guys have some kind of video going on. Yeah, yeah, we did actually. We did, and it's a uh, we have weekly webisodes. The newest one will come out tomorrow, and um, the purpose of the webisodes is. To bring attention to our our documentary project, which is to be uh, filmed this summer, called uh, Nation of Heroes, Taking Initiative, Nation of Heroes, and we'll provide a link to that at the end of the show. But uh, in it, you can in this uh, first webisode, you can learn about old school. Um, if there's a local hero, yeah, it's that guy. He does so much for the San Francisco Bay Area, and you can see it all in that webisode that we put together. There's a little gorilla episode, so look for those every week because it'll be a new member of our team or somebody out in the community that's being a hero. Very nice. So now that I've ranted, I'm sure you're sorry you asked me that question, huh? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It's always a little, little more. Yeah, you know it? Well, your mother. <laughs> no, Go and drink your Guinness. No, I love hearing about that guy because he's just like, he's just like steadfast, man. He's like out there right. all the time, every week. Yeah. Out there. I, just, I love it. Because, I mean, really, yeah. that's what it comes down to. I mean, the, the flash might look good in the media and you know, stuff like that, but when it comes down right. to it, the real heroes and the people that are doing it every day are the ones you don't see. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Not the ones, you know, and, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pull any attention to himself. That's the whole thing. He's a guy out there who, like you said, it's consistency, and he's doing it without a bunch of media following him. He's doing it without, you know, any other any other reason than to, to make stuff better around him, not so that he can get famous, obviously. So, yeah. Well, before we get to Spectre, um, since we always seem to forget this, uh, we're going to play our audio trivia game, <laughs> which is, which if if uh, if the sound Dear man is God, ready, what is that thing? Oh my God! <laughs> the sound, the sound for this week, the audio trivia game. If you're, if you're, if you're a new listener, is. Um, Basically, we play some cool shit. You call in at the end of the show, and you guess what the cool shit is. It's going to be an actor and a movie, or whatever we specify. It might be just an actor. It might be a creature from a movie. It might be just a movie of the name, whatever. Um, this week, I believe, I don't know if we're, you're going to know the actor, but you might know the movie. And I think we did this. Did we do this last week? Did it not, not get guessed yet? 
We did, and nobody guessed it. So now somebody gets a second chance to try to guess it and win. It's really easy. So I'm just I'm guessing that you're just a bunch of slackers out there, pretty much. <laughs> so that's a challenge. So you know, suck it. Um, we're gonna play the noise for you, and then uh, we're gonna go on to the next bit. So if you play it. Ah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> if you know it, that's know all that you need. <laughs> that's I don't think good. I know that one. Man, um, see, if you did so, know it, it instantly you'd get it. Yeah. So if you do know it, give us a call. Um, the prizes are you get to, you know, write <clears throat> any line that you, know, you want us to read on the air. Don't make it racist, clearly. I think we've said that a million times now. So anyway, without further ado, uh, we got a pretty good guest uh, this week. His name's Specter. He's the newest member. Well, one of the newest members of the of the NYI. Um, he hails from what was it? Where exactly are you from, Specter? <laughs> uh, I appreciate the applause. Uh, no, I'm originally from uh, just west of London in in England. Nice. Um. <clears throat> And you got a lot of stuff going on in your life, man. So why don't you just run us through what you what you want to talk about here? Because I know you got stuff to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, really, what I wanted to talk about was um, just just positive attitude in general. But but I guess more of how it applies to to what we do day by day and and how that um, particularly with things that we come up against in 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 what we do in in outreach work in in helping the homeless and so on and and uh you know how a positive attitude can help us cope with uh, some of the pretty grim things that we we have to deal with you know yeah yeah that's awesome awesome yeah zero his voice you know inspector's voice is is so sexy and easy to listen to and then you come in and it's like a wart to my eardrum so you're it you know what? Don't make me get all uh, all Barry White on you, okay? <laughs> no, that kind of grossed me out, dude. Or save that for the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go for it, buddy. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, as Zero mentioned, I, I've, I've moved over from the United Kingdom around 18 months ago, I guess, and uh, pretty Swiftly afterwards, I got together with with Dark Guardian. We did some uh, patrolling around Manhattan and uh, focusing on on kind of drug dealer issues and, and prostitution around some of the parks in Manhattan. Um, and then got together with uh, with Zero and the NYI a few months back. And it, it's excellent, you know. It's, it's a really awesome team. So uh, I can't complain, you know. Um, in terms of my sure background, you know, <laughs> yeah, props. Um, in terms of my background, I've got martial arts experience and technology skills. But, but I, I'd say, you know, my strength is, is really just putting feet on the street, you know. And, and that's what I've always been interested in doing is just getting out there on patrol and actually meeting the real people and, and trying to do some real good. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that, the, you know, the media and the other aspects of, of what we do isn't important. But for me personally, you know. It, it, there's, there's something very tangible about being out, out there on the streets and uh, interacting with, with the general public. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what I wanted to talk about, and, and, I, and I don't want to make this a section about me, you know. It's, and, and in fact, it's not. It, it's really about everybody else and, and all of us. And, and I think um, why we have a bond and, and why we're able to go out and do what we do and, and carry out these, these acts every day. Um, you know, I, 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 I really don't think I'm anything special. I, I think. Uh, We've all got something special in common, um, but 
to kind of tell my story and and how it relates to this to this topic you know when i was a kid i was uh, really ill you know i had uh, all sorts of medical problems mostly around respiratory illnesses and uh, i was in hospital a lot as a child and uh, on massive amounts of steroids really just to to kind of help my lungs actually you know keep breathing it was uh, really high doses of steroids and and that was pretty normal then you know when kids had chronic asthma or you know uh, pneumonia or whatever they would give them huge doses of steroids to keep them going uh, and it's only recently that they found that that's been uh, you know not not such a great idea um and because of that when i was 16 i was like four foot 11 you know i was really undersized stunted growth um osteoporosis as well you know brittle bones and and so on so it's you know not 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 that much fun um Fast forwarding to kind of 18 years old, and, I, and I'm seeing a, a respiratory specialist, and uh, this guy says to me, you know, you, you, we've diagnosed you as having a rare lung disease. Um, by the time you're 30, you're going to need a lung transplant, and there's basically a 60% chance of success. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're in the lucky half of that, your life expectancy is probably going to be to around 40 years old. Um, and I'm sitting there pretty, you know, pretty shell-shocked, as, as he would be, as, as anyone would be, I think, going through that kind of news. And I, the one thing I can think to say to him is, hey, but I always wanted to be a singer. And uh, and this, this doctor's young, you know, he's inexperienced, and he's kind of out of his depth. Um, and, and he just laughed, you know, he didn't know how else to react. And I, I just remember sitting there shell-shocked with this guy laughing as my dreams fell apart. And... Uh, and I, and I still remember thinking, you know, th- these are doctors, th- these are guys who are trained for years and years to know what they're talking about. You've got to trust them. If they say there's something wrong with them, you, you go along with the treatment. So uh, so I did, and for, for about three or four years, I was having three times daily physiotherapy, intravenous antibiotics over and over again. And um, But more, you know, on the emotional side, you know, there's, there's like a, a crushing reality that sets in when you get this kind of news. And... They, they they talk about these five stages of grief that you go through denial first and then anger then bargaining and then depression and, and finally acceptance and, and my experience was exactly the opposite you know the moment i heard this news i accepted it as hey this is fact you know this is what's going to happen um and actually i went i kind of re- rewound through these through these phases and and really ended up going to, to kind of anger and denial at the end and saying, well, actually, screw this, you know, maybe, maybe this is what's going to happen, but eventually you've got to say, I'm going to try to just do what's best for myself. And, and um, So really kind of cutting a long story short, um, what I did was I got into martial arts in a big way, which I kind of had an interest in as a kid but never really pursued, and, um, and singing as well, you know, I'd, I'd always wanted to be a singer. And I, and I kind of thought, hey, so what, you know, if my days are numbered, screw it. You've got to give things a try. So um, I, I tried both of these, martial arts and singing, and I sucked so much at both of them. Really, really sucked. I was <laughs> on the martial arts side, you know, I would try to get belts and I'd fail every exam. And I'd enter myself into tournaments way before I was ready and get my face punched in. And uh, and then on the singing side, you know, I'd spend a month learning songs for some band and turn up and be laughed out of the room because I was couldn't even hold a tune you know <laughs> really really abysmal um Man. but like i say you know my, my my strength if any is just sticking to something and being stubborn as a mule and uh, i uh, i think eventually you know you find someone who who either believes in you or they see your own self-belief shining out and um and in both cases you know i found a martial arts instructor who was <laughs> ready to look past the fact that i had two left feet and didn't know what i was doing and actually really trained me well and I and I you know became pretty successful on that side of it 
and on on the music side, I found a band of guys who were just just nice guys to hang around with, and we uh, we started recording stuff, and and gradually, I uh, you know I got got into the flow of uh, vocal tuition, and 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 really really got into that. Um, but more importantly, on the health side, gradually the the symptoms just disappeared, and and the the illness that I was diagnosed with was was effectively causing scarring on the lungs, and scar tissue would build up, uh, similar to cystic fibrosis or something. And um, I, I remember going for a scan where they'd scan my lungs and said, "Hey, wait a minute! You know, some of this scarring's gone. You know, it's it's not not supposed to happen that way. It's irreversible." Um, and my lung capacity increased as I as I did more and more of this singing. And and the doctors eventually just said, "Look, we must have screwed up on that initial diagnosis. You know, because the way you are now isn't the way you were supposed to have been." Um, and and I had religious friends who who literally said, "You know, it's, it's a miracle. It's you know, you've been cured. It's a miracle." Um, but from a personal point of view, it really didn't matter to me what the cause was, whether it was a misdiagnosis, whether it was some freaky supernatural thing. I, I honestly didn't give a hoot. Um, what I cared about was that I was in one of the top ten metal bands in the UK. I was kickboxing competitively. I, I you know, I was running races, and and on my personal life, you know, I was happily married. I had two great kids, and and a really good career. So, you know, I, I think. My life, I felt like life had been good to me, you know, in, in that turnaround and that it was time to give something back, you know, payback time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, that, that's my, that's my kind of, <laughs> that's my backstory in terms of positive thinking. Um, and I, I really think that, you know, the, the key message I, I've taken away from that and the, the way I try to live my life since then is, is that you make your own luck, you know, you create your own destiny. Um, and, and that you can you can look at these successful people and, and and I know since moving to New York I've met more and more of these people who you, you always think God these guys have been so lucky you know they've they start tried to start their own business and they and they become millionaires in no time and the more I get to know people who who everyone assumes are lucky and they've you know they kind of stood on the shoulders of the giants or whatever these are the people who take chances these are the people who put themselves out there and say look I'm willing to give this a shot and and you know, if I look like an idiot doing it, then then so be it. But uh, at, at least give something a try. Um, and and it it really feels to me like there are no true extroverts out there. You know, nobody really feels great putting themselves at risk and taking themselves outside of their comfort zone. Um, but some people just force themselves to do it, and those are the people who are successful. And that when you look at those successful people, they've probably failed 50 times, you know, 50 times before they actually have any success. But it's not the failure that counts to them; it's the success that counts to them. And that one piece of success is is worth everything, you know. That's the formula right there. It is. It's the fall down seven times, get up eight, because it's that eighth time that matters. Um, if if I can if I can interject something here, um, I, I'm blown away at the fact that you first. You first heard about this, or they tried to diagnose you at 16, and then they gave you that that misdiagnosis with a serious, you know, um, expectancy at 18. Yeah. That's now we're already dealing with a bunch of of hormonal changes as kids, you know, because you're still basically, um, you know, a kid at between 16 and and 18, and that's when so many kids are depressed already. And you came out of this without sinking into some awful low depression, you know, just from hearing all that. Wow, that's 
that's blowing me away right now. I'm thinking about this. There's this kid who just heard all that bad news, you know, and and you instantly it feels like you switched on some type of positivity switch. Is that just something that you've been doing all your life, or is it something that um, you you consciously told yourself to do? Well, I'm going to take this a different way than how they're trying to sell it to me. Yeah, I, I must admit it was never something that came naturally, and, and positivity didn't particularly come naturally either. And, and and actually, you know, after hearing that news, I went through several years of, of you know, just just accepting that uh, that life was a pretty crappy place. <laughs> and, uh, um, right. And, and I just, I kind of, and, and I, you know, I used to do nothing. I used to sit at home, play video games, eat junk food, and, and because who cares, you know, if, <laughs> really what's the point of doing anything else? It was, uh, you know, a pretty miserable place. And I, I don't know, I guess at, at some point something must have said, look, if your days are numbered, screw it. You've got to give something a try, haven't you? And, uh, give something a shot. Right, yeah. right. See, that people take that for granted. That, that, that's a great point right there because we all think well we've got you know a long time left we can try that later but who's got later promised to them see that's that drives me crazy we'll have this attitude that that they're owed this super long life so instead of taking chances or trying to uh, you know get past the comfort zone like you mentioned they go oh i'll do that later i'll think about that later instead of trying it and sometimes it takes that well you know you're you're not promised a long life anyway, so you might as well try. It's, it's too bad people just don't adopt that attitude without having the, the threat of, you know, illness in front of them. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think as well, pe- people kind of assume that, hey, you know, it's easy for you to have done that, but but for me, I couldn't do it. You know, for me, I, I'm so shy, I'm so introverted, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't put myself out there. I, I'd just die if I tried to. And you know, I think those are the people who need to the most. Those are the people who really do need to take a risk and, and just uh, just step out there and, and whatever it is, you know, whether it's whether it's just meeting new people socially or, or getting involved in a sport or just something that uh, you know gets them out of a rut. Yeah, and the thing about successes and failures too is that a success is a success might bolster you, it might give you encouragement, but only failures give us technique. I mean, that's right. We learn from failures, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 We learn how to win from successes, but we truly learn how to how to win with like through technique from failures. Because failures, you know, are the ones that, that say, "Hey, that's the wrong way to do it." <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, you know, the, the, that whole message carries through into what we do in, in terms of the initiative and, and particularly when you look at things uh, like media work that we do or, or even patrolling, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether we have a, a thousand nights where we go out and patrol and it's uneventful and nothing happens, you know, that that's a pretty decent result. Um, but actually, if we if we have one night where we go out and make a difference and, and really help somebody and change their lives, that that makes the other thousand worthwhile, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's really. Um, I'm really, I'm really um, gifted to have people on the initiative right now that are, on the New York initiative right now that are so like positive. I don't. I think like everyone. I mean, we've had some really negative Nellies on the feed, you know, like people who got on there and were just kind of like, you know, I, I want to argue the media and you know, the same thing, but I don't want to actually like you know put any work into this. It seems like everyone on the initiative uh, in the New York section is really busting ass right now, you know, just 
you know, really getting in there. Um, really positive yeah, outlook. It's a great vibe, think, isn't it? Yeah, I think everybody who goes out right now is, is pretty much. I don't think we've had a, a niche person or anything we've done yet. I think it's been like the five of us, the main guys, pretty much so far. It sounds like you guys have, um, you know, I was I was just telling Spectre before the show started, it sounds like you guys have this just, this is just what he said, this positive vibe going. And the more I'm listening to the experiences that he's gone through um, that, that have affected his outlook, the more I, I see that that's probably contagious, you know, to the rest of the team. Um, yep. Not to mention, you know, Dark Guardians, uh, he's a pretty, he seems like a pretty positive guy just from what, you know, I've learned from him from afar, but... DG is like, uh... It's like Charlie the Choo Choo. It's like, just keeps going, man. It's like, you, you can't stop him. Like, he just keeps going. Like, he's gonna get it done. He's gonna do it. You give him something to do, he's gonna get it done. Period. That's DG, you know? Like I said it before, I'm a little more nebulous. Um, I get stuff done, but I'm more like the, the dreamer and stuff. Like, I'll... I'll think about something. I'll sit on something for a while before I get it done, but... He's like, let me just throw something at it. Let me just throw this at it. Let me get this done like this, you know. Right. It's, it's nice to have that. You know, we all kind of fit together right now, kind of like a puzzle. So, and and, and like Spectre said, it's it's really we have a powerful presence when we get together right now, just because of that positivity. And that's a little different than what we've had in the past. Like we've always been kind of the NYI has always been fueled by a little bit of like, you know, like little angst, a little anger about the way things are. Now we're just kind of like, you know what? We're going to do it. You know, we're just going to do it. Things are, things in New York are probably as bad as they've ever been in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But it's funny because it kind of makes our positivity seem like even, even stronger, you know, because we know that we have to do something. We know what our goal is, you know. Right. Now, um, in the chat room, we're seeing people saying, uh, Sage Shiger saying, I'm tired of people complaining about being uh, sick and fat and et cetera, not doing anything about it to help themselves. Um, complaining is, is really negative, Sage Tiger. And the thing is, and, and we know a lot of people like this, that were they to have gotten the same news that um, Spectre got, you know, especially at that age, they would have found it easy to use that as an excuse to not work not try to fix themselves because it's so much easier. You know, there's a comfort zone in, in staying right where you are and not having to to put yourself, you know, through any work, not having to risk failure, you know, to yourself or in front of anybody else. And and I think it's very heroic to, to make that personal choice to go, you know what, screw this. I'm, I'm not taking this hand that was built. And Spectre, like you said, you know, um, creating your own, your own fate, your own hand. I think that's that. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, I think there is like a, a rabbit in the headlights kind of, um, or deer in the headlights, as you guys say over here, a kind of moment when <laughs> when you get that, that kind of news. Though, and I and I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for for kind of taking their own time to process that. And you know, I I, I really think. Um, Different people work on things in their different ways, and you know when I was mentioning these these five stages of grief earlier, I I, I really don't like the way people are pigeonholed, and and you know there's an assumption that everyone's brains work the same way. I think I think everyone is different, and uh, 
you know, we all have different ways of getting over this stuff. And, uh, you know, I've been giving people enough time and, and helping them through it. People can do it. That's a good point. You know, thank you, because it, I realize now hearing that, that I didn't mean for my last um, statement to sound insensitive. I, I'm, it's more geared toward not people who um, have something serious before them, but people who have, have been complaining about the same things, you know, over and over that, that are, you know, easier to change and easier to work around than, than you know, something that's akin to cystic fibrosis, you know. So I didn't mean to sound so insensitive. I apologize. <laughs> No, no, yeah. I, I, no, I, I got you loud and clear, but uh, yeah, I, I think, and, and I, I would completely agree. Actually, you know, it drives me crazy hearing people whine about the same, <laughs> same minor health gripes, you know, and uh, that's it. You know, that's it exactly. <laughs> the whining about the minor health gripes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's, there's so many times I hear people that they're chain smokers and they've got a bad cough, and I think, hey, you know, it's so obvious how to fix this, you know, and you're, <laughs> you're perfectly capable of doing it. Just, you know, get yourself in gear and fix it. Right. What would you, can I ask you, what would you, uh, and I know that, like I said, there, there are people that, that the, the initiative as a group, you know, we all know a, a couple of people who are, are, are very whiny about things that are going on in their lives and, and very remiss to take the first steps even to change them. Um, how? What would you tell people like that? Because you've obviously gotten a handle on telling yourself, to be more positive and acting upon that. What would you tell them? How how would they start, you know, down a path? Well, you know, I, I think it, it comes in waves in, in life. And, and I, I've got the luxury of being one of the uh, crusty old guys from the New York Initiative. In fact, the oldest of the bunch, uh, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and I think... Um, I used to be the old guy. Now I'm not the old guy anymore. I know, right? You're a whippersnapper now. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think there have been times in my life where I've felt hugely motivated to try new things, and there, and there are times when those new things have kind of come to an end and, and gone through a natural closure, and, I, and I've almost gone back into a rut again. And, and you know, there, there are always outside influences that kind of spur you on and, and wake you up. And um, you know, one for me was uh, was a, a family member passing away, and, and it's just a, a jolt to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, life's too short to be screwing around here, and. You know, that that was what prompted my move to the United States, actually, was, uh, you know, I'd been sitting there thinking, uh, you know, maybe not this year. It's a huge move. It costs a ton of money. It's going to, you know, upheaval for my kids, changing school. Do I really want to go through this now? And and eventually something makes you wake up and, and say, look, I, I really need to do this now because if I keep putting it off forever, it's never going to happen. And, and chances are lost. The freaking, oh, my God, the, the positive thing really, really comes in handy for parkour. <laughs> like, like, practicing the stuff that Spider makes us do, it's like, it's really funny because at first, <laughs> it's like, when we do something simple, it's like, all right, we'll do some drills, and you drill, and then he's like, all right, now we're going to do this, and then he does something crazy, and he's like, now you're going to do this. And we kind of stand there and look at each other and kind of go, what? <laughs> no, <Nope>, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're going to break ourselves. We're old people, man. <laughs> you know, like, that is like 21 years old. He's like, he's still made of rubber, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. They're flexible still. You know, we older yeah. people, we're going, uh, we don't feel as fast as you little whippersnappers, yeah. so. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, though, because uh, the first week we did a, a sideways fence, fence climb, and we were like, we went from one side of a ball field 
the entire other side climbing on the fence. Wow. And that sucked a lot. That sucked a lot. But, like, the quarter way, my, my forearms were, like, throbbing. But this past week we did it, and I made it almost the whole way before my forearms started you know, to throb. But every week I, I um, every week I do something that I couldn't do the, the previous week. Yeah, so that's incredible, isn't it? It look, you know, it looks like magic, and then you know, two weeks down the line, you're doing it yourself. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, it's, what's really funny is that, like, you know, you're told your whole life, it's like, you know, people don't have superpowers. No one has superpowers. And then you see a spider doing his shit, and you're just like, wow, okay, that's BS. You know, like, this kid's got superpowers. <laughs> He's like, but then, but then he goes, you can too. And you're like, okay. <laughs> this is, you know what, speaking of all this stuff, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, this is, well, what the hell, Bug just, I'm, I'm sidetracked for two seconds here. He just brought in a, a chocolate chip bacon cookie. What are you trying to do? Same old school. Wow. Old school works at a, a place called Bacon Bacon, and he's always, you know, throwing this stuff, and literally he'll pick it up and throw it at us. Uh, so Bug will come back with some, and and Bug is in in great shape. So it's like you know he can eat that stuff. I can just look at him and flip him off. He likes screaming. But but what I was about to say was um, was that with everything you guys are telling us right now, not to not well, I'm, not, I'm not trying to change the subject, but since you brought you know up what the NY is doing, um, if you guys tune in next week. Um, there's some really cool stuff going on with the New York Initiative, which is the very first initiative branch um, ever, um, and we'll be talking about some of their stuff next week in detail. So, oh, so we are doing that? We are doing that. Uh, I didn't wait okay. for your approval. I just thought okay. it's so interesting. Dude, all this stuff is so cool. The fact that you guys have, you have Spectre on your team, you know, yeah. this guy's positive energy volt here, and, and you've got um, BG and, um, gosh, so many I can't even name, but you've got that guy who is now on American Ninja Warriors. Oh, he's yeah, Spider, the kid I was just talking about. Fucking, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's yeah, not he, something small. Uh, <laughs> that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah, he applied for American Ninja Warrior. It's a, it's like eight minutes. Uh, thing that, which is really funny because you know most times we talk about videos and like you know nobody's gonna watch an eight, an eight minute video because it's you know they get bored. But that whole video is it, it's very engaging. You're like holy crap, this is awesome because it's it's funny because every time he says something in the video, it's like okay that's really cool. But then the next thing he says is even cooler. You know, right. so it's one of those videos where you need to watch it. And then I think he got a call back from American Ninja Warrior, and they I think they were actually more interested in the New York Initiative. That he put in the video, than actually talking about American Ninja. Wow, uh, sweet. So I, th- yeah, I think they're going to be talking about the New York Initiative on the site because I mean the kid's done a ton of stuff. He's he's like 21. He's done so much stuff, you know. Right, right, and we'll be talking about all that. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of these young but, guys, man. Because I mean, when me and Spectre are out of the game, we're still going to have these guys to back us up, you know, to like to bring the team up and. The old heads kind of like, you know, pointing at stuff and saying, do this, you know, like open to this. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you um, a cane, you know. You're you're like ready for your porch and cane, I swear. <laughs> Too funny. Hi, I, I did, uh, man. It's game over, man. It's game over. I've been doing this for like 12 years. I think I just kind of like, semi destroyed my body, you know. Like, 
It's yeah. like the long hours and like, you know, not taking care of myself correctly and not slowing down. I feel like the last you know, year or so I've just kind of like taken a year off. So we're like kicking yeah. it back up and I guess time to stop going. It's really funny how quickly it's back into it, actually. Well, now look, you're surrounded by people who are, you know, like Spectre, people who are, are you know, you've got more energy to feed off of now. You know, and it's important. Not many people can make me smile. Not people can make me smile, like, immediately, but Spectre, when I see Spectre, I'm just like, oh, man, he's, he's so happy. <laughs> I, should, I should smile, too. Then do me a big favor, Zero. Don't, don't scare this guy away. I don't scare anybody I know away. You are. <laughs> I, I must admit, though, you know, I, I, I would never begrudge. You know, we were talking about whiners earlier, and and you know, as as much as it's it's a bit of a drag, <laughs> I um, I would never begrudge people for for kind of feeling down on on what we do, you know, because uh, I I mean, there are so many levels of sacrifice involved in in what we do, you know, whether it's just time away from families and friends, you know, the fact that we have to miss a night's work and, and lose a bunch of income or, you know, even spending our own money on, you know, feeding the homeless or whatever. And and then, you know, on top of that, when you put yourself out there and you put yourself, you know, at physical and, and emotional risk, um, you know, you, you, you might end up getting ridiculed or violence towards you, you know, you, you may give a homeless guy a sandwich and have it thrown back in your face because he only wants drugs and then and then even the cops, you know, half the time the cops treat you worse than they treat the criminals. So, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think there's a real level of, um, you know, how, how do we protect ourselves from just getting ground down by this? And, and you know, how, how do we play the long game and actually, you know, actually, actually kind of focus on, on, you know, not not coming out emotional wrecks after a few years? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. thank easy. you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. The, I think the key to doing this is really, like, I don't care how positive you are, you need to take a break every now and then. You've got to. Because yeah, I think I think now I mean, right. that's I mean, it, it almost killed the New York Initiative. Honestly, like we had so many guys that burnt out in the last year, you know. So nobody slowed down, and we were all kind of driving ourselves into the ground. And that's that's what happened. So no matter how positive you are, you just got to step back and go, I'm going to do something else for as long as I need to. Because you know? again, let's face it, we are volunteers. Yeah, and and I, and I think there's nothing wrong with you know taking six months or a year to recharge your batteries, or, or even just to say, look, I've had enough of this. I'm going to channel my energy into something else. You know, I'm going to go and you know join some charity, or you know do do anything else just to refocus. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And you know, Spectre, I can't tell you how many texts I've gotten from Zero at I don't care what time of night it is. You need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know you do. He's like, all right, you need to back up just for a little bit. You're getting angry. Yeah, and then yeah. the text from DHM at five. And then the text telling from, us to work out. Right, the text from DH from DHM at five a.m. saying, okay, work out. He's like a, a tiny circus strongman. He's like With a the handlebar mustache. What's, what's that one guy? Like, isn't it like a superhero or something? It's like a little, like a bowling ball, a like cannonball or something like that. Like, it's like a short, stocky little guy that basically people pick up and throw at other people. Yeah, you know what? I don't know who that character is, but we can we can make BHL. Like Wolverine character. without the claws. Like Wolverine without the claws. 
Yes, that's exactly what the HM is. Only I'm sure he's got some kind of sharp object on him at all times. Yeah. He is a sharp object. He's like four foot two. He sure is. <laughs> four foot two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um you know, and and it's not. You know, I'm hearing Spectre right now, and it's very Spectre. Your 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 whole attitude is very refreshing because I think a lot of us have been getting burned out um, in the private pages of <laughs> of the initiative. We've all been, you know, we get to vent there and such. But I think that since we do so much, some of us do too much, and it's evident just how much we all need to take a break. The problem is, for me, I'm speaking for me especially, it feels like family, and I really don't like being away from you guys for too long. So even when I want to take a two-day break, I'm going, all right, what's everybody doing? I miss these guys. What's going on now? So, But it is so important, you know, for us to step back, you know, and and recharge our batteries. Yeah, and I I think, you know, I think it, that that's the case for anyone who's doing any of this kind of work. And then I, I think on top of that, you do have the occasional, you know, really horrific thing that you come across, whether it's, you know, being involved in, in like a child sex abuse case or, you know, dead bodies or, you know, just the, the kind of really horrific thing you can stumble across that stays with you for the rest of your life and, and then needs, you know, needs some real work to get over and to move on past. And, and um, you know, thing, things like that can really um, can infect everyone around you and, and you know, I, I think um, it, it can either be the sort of thing where you're, you're buoyed up by the people around you and, and they, they give you the support and, and the ability to get through that kind of thing, or it can be that, you know, you, you're, you're toast really after that sort of an experience and, and it drags down everyone around you as well. So it's, uh, I, I kind of think it can go one of two ways. And, um, you know, I, I think, again, it, it all just comes back to making some space for yourself and, and, and really trying to trying to kind of um, analyze your, your emotions on, on what you've come across, whether it is just the daily grind or, or one of these much more horrific things that I talked about, and and, and really kind of meditating on that and, and focusing your mind on, you know, how do I feel about that? Making Even making a written record, whether it's just in a diary or a blog or, you know, just, just talking to other people and getting that stuff out and, and kind of analyzing, you know, why do I feel this way about uh, about X and um, you know, how, how do I stop myself feeling like that in the future and protect myself from that from that kind of thing? Um, and, and if that ends up as a feeling of, hey, you know, this this is me done. I've had enough. I can't do that again. Then I, I think that's a pretty healthy conclusion, um, rather than just ending up a wreck from it. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say I, I definitely think that zero has experienced close to that. Going, you know what? I'm so sick of all of this because you know, like like we said, you've been at it the longest, um, yeah. as far as this group goes. So uh, you and DG, you know, well, and, and Spectre, you've been doing it, you know, before you got into the, the NYI. And man, I see teams out there, and you can you can see if you haven't paid any attention to the Facebook pages, people are uh, getting snipey and snarky with each other when really all they need to do is just to take a step back just for a little while, and, and go out into the, the other world, <laughs> the, Honestly, the real world, I, you know. Just to say something real quick, I, I think, I think people have talked about this and it's been beating death, but I'm going to say it one more time. We don't understand, we don't know how to live anymore. We don't know how to live because we're all, in this Facebook thing, we're all online, you know, 
I get together with people. I see people at my bar all the time. It's like, sometimes you want to ask somebody, so, you know, what are you going to do this weekend? You know, what what bar are you going to go to this weekend? I'm going to be your phone all night, you know? Like, there's right. nobody knows how to interact. It's it's really tough for people not to misunderstand each other. And then you get online, and then you got friends that, you know, destroy friendships because of, um, I don't know, misunderstandings, like text misunderstandings online. Uh, even phones, like I'm terrible with phones. Like I don't want to call anybody up, but uh, I just think people should get off off the Internet. Get off the Internet. Like it's, the more technology, you know, progresses, the dumber we get, I think. Yes. And and the the less we know how to interact personally face to face, everything's done online. It's done in a, a delayed dynamic, and and that doesn't teach us how to speak to somebody in front of us anymore. We're used to going, hold on, let me think about what I'm going to type out first. So I don't know how to respond to you right now, right here. Uh, you know, it's it's that is just becoming rampant. I see it. I see it especially. If you notice kids that are, you know, say 13 and under, oh, my goodness, they're, they're just used to communicating via text message, and that's it. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, you know, saying that, I, I think the same thing applies to this whole idea of, you know, I've been through something traumatic or I'm feeling emotionally drained, I'm going to start a diary. And actually what you write in your diary can be just as uncomfortable. And, and also you can appear just as much of a dick in your own diary <laughs> as you yeah. may do writing write something on the Internet, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's kinda, it, can, it can be uncomfortable, you know, even just talking to yourself, <laughs> let alone talking to other people on, a, on Facebook, you know. Right. But, you know, I, I, I think I, that people use their diaries more, you know, it's, Speaking of those, it, you know that would that would help because you could vent more there, and you could read back and see that you, oh wow, I was really a dick. Maybe I can figure out why I'm being like this. So you know, I think it would help. It's, it's another form of expression that's underused. Yeah, you know, and, and I think different people, again, have different coping methods. And, you know, whether it's yoga or meditation or tai chi or whether you, you want to get into a kickboxing ring and, and beat the hell out of someone or, or you know, like like in the New York Initiative, you know, on, on Friday night we went out to um, Harlem. Um, we had a news crew with us and we were supposed to be patrolling. And the weather just sucked. I mean, freezing rain and, yeah. and you know, there was nobody on the street. The film crew were pissy because there was nothing going on. And... And, and, you know, it, it was a dismal night. And then at the end of the night, whatever it was, 1 a.m. or something, we just went and got milkshakes. And we, <laughs> we we sat there. It was like the equivalent of the shawarma scene at the end of Avengers, you know. We, we sat there beating down, drinking milkshakes. Yeah. And it, it was cool. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know what? That sounds like so, man, I want to hang out with you guys again. <laughs> that just sounds like so much fun. It really does. It's pretty good. You know, it wasn't fun though. Was uh, was the cops driving up and messing with us for about five minutes? Um, uh, every time we do? go, it, it's really funny. Every time we go up there to Harlem, right? It seems like we get a cop car unmarked, drives up to us, says, "What's going on, guys? What are you, what are you guys doing?" And I'm like, "This time it's like it's got to be the tenth time we've been up there, you know, like E.G. and me, looking, you know, obvious what we're doing." And I'm like. I'm thinking these guys are cops. Like, why don't you know what we're doing yet? You know, like, wouldn't you have been briefed on you know certain guys walking around, you know, looking like we do, doing what we do? But they started like busting our balls like hardcore. I'm just like kind of standing there, like, uh, well, 
walking around for eyes and ears for you guys, trying to be friendly. We really try to be positive with guys. They just, it's like sometimes they just don't want to be positive. They just want to like, they want to antagonize you. I'm just like, why would a police officer want to antagonize you? And then I go, oh yeah, I'm in New York. <laughs> but he goes, he goes, um, I go, he goes, why do you guys do this? You don't get paid? And I'm like, no, we do it because, uh, you know, it's better than, you know, going on drinking every night. And the cop goes, no, no, it's not. And I'm like, we wow. kind of look at each other. But you know what? We're not dumb. We look at each other, but we just, we stay silent. We're just, okay, okay, sure. Yes, no! officer. Cool. Yes, yes, of course, officer. Okay, have a good night. Thank you. You know, it's just like, Sometimes, I think I saw something George Takei said, where it was like, sometimes you just have to, you know, be firm in the fact you don't have to say anything more because the other person is a complete imbecile, you know? Yeah. And that's, that extends to life. Sometimes you just got to go, I'm going to give you the weight because you need it, you know? <clears throat> right, right, because you need it. You need this win. That's exactly it. Those cops. You know, I, I have a lot of police officer friends. I think they're, you know, a lot of them are great people, so I'm not going to lump them all together. But I do see this thing going on with New York cops, especially where it's just it's getting worse. It feels like it's getting worse. I don't know. Well, just, of course, you hear a lot about problem, the negative. Mm-hmm. Well, the big problem right now is that I, I'm, I'm, I was, I've always been willing to go. Okay, you know, cops are cops. There's good cops. There's, there's shitty cops. Whatever. You know, it's just yeah, like people. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. But. At this point, because of the whole illegal quota thing, you know, enforcing quotas, pretty much in the NYPD, not pretty much, literally in the NYPD, if you don't enforce illegal quotas, you do not get promoted, period. Period. Like, from the reports, from the, the stuff that's coming out, all the, all, the, the, all this evidence, like hours and hours of audio tape, you don't get promoted without doing corrupt stuff. You don't, and that's a legal quota. That's what they tell you to do. That's scary. That's really scary because that means every single cop that is a detective that is doing the undercover stuff is enforcing illegal quotas and is corrupt, and that freaks me out because now you go from there are some good cops to every time you see a detective, you should be wary because he's... He's risen for dubious reasons, you know, or you have a pretty high chance of thinking that he's risen through the ranks for dubious reasons. And I don't want to live in places like that. And at this point, it's either move away, which everybody else is going to do, or use my brain and my team to stay here and, you know, change it. So it's, it's kind of funny, like, a lot of people will go, you know, you don't need to do that. You should go be a cop. And now, I'm, now all I have to do is, is drop some links. You know, just be like, watch this, look at this, read this. That's all I gotta say. I don't gotta say, well, you know, without proof. No, it's it's just pretty clearly proven now. I guess the way they say. It's definitely gone from myth, you know, this whole quota thing, to fact. So, and yeah. like you said, all you have to do is research that and see that, that they're they're going to be harassing people like you. They're going to be harassing other people unnecessarily. When just from, i got to bring this up, the superheroes documentary alone, you can yeah. see in that one part of the movie where you guys 
you called them. This guy was obviously driving under the influence and sideswiped a car. So if you guys had right, and it shows in the movie the cop driving away from you guys. You guys are trying to flag him down, and and I'm thinking, what? Go ahead. No, we called like uh, three or four times from two different phones. Which is kind of what they tell you to do. You got to call if you want to get the cops to show up in New York. You got to call from a couple of different mm-hmm. phones, and they'll show up. They have to. Um, wow! And, then, wow. Yeah, I guess he showed. The cops showed, and just drove right by. And that was he drove it's right funny by. because everybody talks so much crap about that film and about you know this and that, what we did wrong. You know, like, never never mentions the fact that the cop just drove away during a. Uh, uh, an issue where there was a drunk driver. And what they don't tell you furthermore is that when we took the keys and the cop drove away, what they didn't film is because they, they couldn't keep up with us, um, was that we went away up the street about a block. And after we, like, we, some guys walked up and they said they knew the guy. Uh, he said he knew them, but it kind of felt like he was just trying to get rid, trying to get rid of us, you know, get the keys back. So we walked away, taking the keys with us. About a block away, I go, we should go back. Something feels off about this. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel right, you know? Uh-huh. We go back. One guy's holding the guy. The other guy's breaking into his car. What? And they didn't get they that. Wow. They didn't get that. They didn't get the fact that we chased those guys away. And then we talked to the guy, got him somewhere safe. And then we left with the keys and mailed the keys back. So I... It's really funny, like, the, the best scene of the movie wasn't gotten on film. So. See, and that's why I want to, you know, next week we're going to be talking about this and what you guys have done. I'd like to emphasize that again because there are so many people that have seen that movie and they didn't get to see that scene. That's really important. I mean, think about it. If you guys would have walked away that night and just looked and went, oh, that guy just sideswiped someone, whatever, we're going home. Yeah. And left him, you know, to his own devices. Somebody would have gotten beat down. Somebody could have gotten killed. So it's stuff like that. And uh, and now that you've got this whole team and you guys are out drinking milkshakes, you know, the cops, it's it's too bad that they they don't show that clip. Same hey, these guys are trying to trying to help us out. They're not trying to overstep their bounds or whatever. Because you guys aren't. You're not trying to be police. I want to make that clear right now. Anybody who thinks the initiative thinks that they're police, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We're no, still not, not trying to no, do that, yeah. Here's the thing. We're not police officers because we don't have backing of the state. We have we have training. We have all this stuff. But you know what? We don't have backing of the state. We don't have backup. We don't have, you know, we don't have courts that we can send people to. We can't imprison people. That's who we are, guys. Okay? Right. But i got to say, everyone has the authority, has the moral authority and the responsibility to step up when stuff like that goes wrong. If you have the ability to do it, I mean, like I said before, like progression of proximity, which is kind of the thing we have in the initiative, it's like if you have the skills, then you can. If you don't, you've got to stay as far away as you're still dictating. Like if you don't have self-defense skills, you're hands off, you know? Right, right. Yeah, if you don't have the chasing skills, you're hands off. If you don't have... If, if, you're, if you have no self-defense, no chasing, no physical skills, you're completely out of the field, and you can you go and get support. Like that's 
we have to we have to view it like that. You know, we can't be taking just straight up medics out in the field that don't have any self defense training to that's right. them the person to protect, you know. Right. Um, that's an important thing to know about us. That's that's the difference between us and, and uh I don't know, anybody else you want to compare us to. We make sure that our people are well rounded. Um <clears throat> we we actually have the escalation training too. <laughs> um I was going to say Spectre's been sitting here quietly while me and uh, Zero and I tend to tend to derail a lot of conversation. <laughs> yeah, my Spectre bad. Boring. <laughs> it's, you know what? Though, it's always a lively conversation. It's never, like, rehearsed and boring. So, like, I'm, I, I yeah. dig it. Yeah, and we're not sitting here gossiping about shit and being boring. Um, at least I, I don't think it's boring. Uh, but we do have a really good question for Spectre in the chat room. Um, it's how do you tell people, this is from Temper, how do you tell people that you need time for yourself um, when they see volunteer slash initiative stuff as extraneous free time? I mean, that could be for any team. How, how do you, you know, well, go ahead. If you got the question, feel free to answer it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends who you're trying to justify your, uh, your free time to. <laughs> I, I think to your teammates. You know, it should be it should be very clear that you can say, look, I, I need five minutes. You know, I, I need you know an hour or a day or a month. You know, and I think there needs to be a level of respect there, and and there should be in any team, regardless of what it is, to to allow people that. I, I think it becomes harder when you know when it's in your workplace. You know, you, you you're burnt out and you you want a few days off work, and and you know your boss isn't going to understand that. Um, and and. I, th- I think there are, there are kind of ways of dealing with that. There are kind of ways of using your lunch breaks or your, your evening times or, you know, even taking on yoga classes or something like that just to try to give you, your head some space even if you can't physically get away from work. Um, even things as simple as, you know, listening to music when you're in the office, if you're in, in an office, just to try to kind of uh, disassociate yourself from things for, for a short time and, and just give yourself that chance to breathe. Um, <clears throat> and actually, you know, breathing is, is hugely important. Um in terms of, of lowering your blood pressure and, and lowering your pulse rate and your heart rate. Um, so, you know, there, there are kind of ways that, that we can, you know, we can calm ourselves down and, and make life easier for ourselves there. Um, That's I, interesting I think you when, see that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the um, the real struggle comes when it's when it's a, a personal issue. You know, if, you, if you're out all night with the initiative and, and your husband or wife is, you know, already upset that you're spending so long away from home and then you're saying actually I want to go away for a weekend because my my head's blown by something that, that's happened to me um you know that that then becomes a real a real challenge and then that that surely is one of the hardest things about doing this as well as a day job as well as family life as well um you know how are your other halves and your kids going to understand that um it it, it can it can be the test of a, a relationship for sure Definitely. I think we lucked out, Hazira. We have like partners that are pretty involved in what we <laughs> we do. Well, I'm, I wouldn't say lucked out on that. I'm, I've been doing it for 12 years, and I've lost quite a few because of it. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, now, I, right? Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. Um, no, no, no. I know. I know. Me too. I'm, but you're okay now, right? So. Yeah. No, I'm good. I got a awesome girl now. It's totally cool. Yep. Um, but like, and I get to see her once a week, you know. So it's it's a little rough. So I I work, you know, like almost full time. Plus, if I'm not working, I'm either doing initiative stuff or I'm with her. 
that's it. There's nothing else I do. I don't have a personal life other than that. Um, It's mainly because my team are my friends because I can't, it's almost like my team are my friends and my organization are my friends because I can't, I can't be friends with people. I can't be close with people that aren't conscientious about the world around them. Like, it's not like I'm saying I won't be friends with them. It's like I literally try and I cannot do it. Like, I can't, they don't understand me. I don't understand them. When I try to talk about, let's, you know, help this person or help that person, they're like, oh, when you talk about my, my hair or my my clothes or something, you know, physical, so I don't have to face, you know, the world around and the people that are suffering. You know, it's, I don't judge them, but it's just like our, our worlds don't meet, you know. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. More, it's, it's a lot more exhausting than just like schedule stuff. It's, it's really like fundamentally, you know, and, and, and pragmatically an issue, you know. Well, what I see, you know, knowing you and Timper um, the way I do, is that you guys are two of the the people that are really driven. Um, and this is coming from, uh, you know, takes one to know one. Yeah. As driven as we are, as goal oriented as we are, you know, we have this vision, and it's it's almost as if we have this agenda, we have this this list of things we need and ways that we need to spend our time in order to get to this this end result. And it's awful, but at this point in my life, it almost feels like, well, if you're not helping me to get there in any way, it's. I know that sounds really selfish, but it almost feels like if, if I don't have your support or if I don't have your understanding of what I'm doing, at, at the very least, then it's it's almost as if, well, I could spend my time with these people who understand and who are also working toward that, that goal. And you know what, I think that in itself is almost a sign that sometimes we need to take a step back um, yeah. because uh, because we're so focused, you know. It's, no, it's, it's understandable because if they're your friend, they're going to want to know you. And if right. they don't want to know you, it's not a real friendship, you know. So it's not right. really, it's not, it's not selfish and it's not like something like that. It's like I, I can't make friends with people that are, basically self-centered sociopaths, you know, like that's pretty much the people I avoid. Otherwise, if you're a nice person and we get along, I can do it, you know, because if you're a nice, if you're truly a nice person and I'm not just a fake, like facetiously nice person, mm-hmm. then you're going to pay attention when I say something about, hey, you know, this uh, this shelter, this animal shelter needs help or this person does really great stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Let's, let's, I want to hear more about that. That's cool with me, you know. It's the people that completely offload every, you know, everything I talk about when it comes to, like, helping the world around them or being conscientious is the people that I want to avoid, you know. And I feel like yeah. people are trying to make clear, clear people are starting to draw lines in the sand now, too. Like, they really are. They're starting to go, this is my, this is how I want to live, this is how it's going to be, you know, if you're not down with that, then go enjoy your life, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really good point as well. You know, there there are some people that you're around that, that encourage you and, and kind of push you to better yourself. And there are other people that just want to control you and, and, and really just restrict you from doing anything new. And I, and I think, you know, with the, with the latter, it's just a ticking time bomb, isn't it? You know, at some point it's going to go. And, and you know, and, unless they relinquish that control and let you get on with your life, it's never going to work out. Yeah. It, oh, you know what? Thank you for mentioning that because... That was something I was thinking about well, as you were saying it, is that there is that, that fear, 
you know, people like that who don't want you to to move forward. There's that fear that you'll move so forward that you'll move away from them and that they won't have, like you said, either the control that they have in your life or they won't have you in the same capacity um, as they have you right now in their life. So there's, there's that big fear factor. So temper, um, my answer to the question is, is, is pretty much along the lines of what Specter was just saying, but you really have to stop and think about <clears throat> if this is making you as happy as it makes you, as happy as it seems to make you, that we see you, you know, we see you every day, all hyped up about this stuff. If if they can't, you know, also share in your joy, there, there's, like you said, it's a ticking time bomb. There's something going on there um, where you're not the person that they expect you to be, that they want you to be, and they're not growing with you, so that's that's something to look into. I'm sorry, but I don't need to be sitting here focusing on poor temper in front of everybody, but it was your question, so damn it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, she's thanking us in the chat room. Okay, so good. She's not cussing us out. That's always a positive. And now everybody's quiet. <laughs> boring. <laughs> You're boring, Nightbug. Shut up. Why are you just <laughs> I, I think as well, you know, going back to the question, I think there's a really big difference to, to someone who's kind of bottling things up and coming home, you know, wound up and pissed off and angry and, and you know, and, and the fact that that anger manifests itself in, in small day-to-day things, you know, it, it's never directed at the root cause, is it? It's kind of... <clears throat> It's just blowing up over small things. And there's a big difference between that and somebody who's coming home saying, look, you know, my head's in the wrong place. I'm going to need some space to do X, Y, and Z. You know? and, uh, and, and I think just being around someone who's, who's trying to constructively help themselves and actually dig themselves out of a rut is, is, you know, if you can't support that, then there's something wrong. Right. I mean, like, again, about anger, it's like anger is, unless it's like somebody walks up and, like, you know, Hits you with a collar on purpose. You know what I mean? Like that's that's pretty that's pretty good. You didn't get angry about that. You know, the most anger is not about the actual incident. It's not about the situation that you're in. It's about all the anger you've built up about similar instances that you didn't deal with. You know, that you kind of just like push it down, push it down because you're. I I don't know. I know people think they're not they're not worthy of standing up for themselves. That's what happens a lot. You know. But then one day, they flip out. And then you have, like, in this whole country, it's all about, you know, it's all about encouraging anger. Like, uh, you know, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry or, you know, don't don't push my pitch oh. button. You know, there's, there's, there's little memes all over the place. Like, you know, it, it, it seems like they're so proud of their anger, you know. And that's, the, that's one of the biggest issues is that this anger, like, Unneeded anger, unnecessary anger, isn't. People aren't like. People are prideful of it. If it's not something they go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's like they do it, and they're like, no, that person shouldn't have fucked with me, you know. And I'm just like, no, no, that's something you should go. I need to work on this. That's not something where you should go. This is one of my best qualities, anger. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, you know, and, and actually they're the least people that we want in the initiative. Aren't they? They're, they're the least people you want to be out on patrol with. You know? we, we, <laughs> we, we have had them. 
listen, I, I operated solo for like six, seven years because I didn't want to deal with the drama. I used to work with somebody when I first started out, but um, I stopped because there was so much drama and there was so many like, I don't know, they say, uh, you know what they say about a camel? It's a, it's a horse built by committee. It's kind of like that. And I was young and I was headstrong and I didn't want to deal with somebody else's opinion. So, after it for seven years because I didn't want to deal with drama, then, you know, I started the NYI and we got so many freaking weirdos, you know? Like, I don't know if you've seen, uh, what is the movie, uh, Mystery Men? <laughs> but, yeah. The initiative when we first started out was a lot like uh, the, the swimming pool team in Mystery Men, where they had the recruiting. Waffler! Waffle Man! That's awesome. You know what? That was Dane Cook, right? You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had quite a few But, I mean, it, yeah. like, we had some seriously angry people. We had. We've had a few people that, you know, turned out to be uh, criminals in their own right. And, like, there was one guy who was, turned out that he was, his patrols consisted of bicycling uh, to a park and getting high. And all of his gear was <laughs> stolen. All of his gear was stolen. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's, like, a, that's great. It's kind of like the antithesis of what we wanted, you know. But right. uh, now I'm so, I'm so sensitive to people like that, like, we're really, really stringent with people that we get in the initiative early in, in NYI. I don't know the way you guys do it, but we're seriously, seriously touchy about it because we, for one thing, people burn out quick, and the people that are erratic and over-emotional burn out a lot faster, and when they burn out, their burnouts are, <laughs> you know, it's, you don't want to be near them when it happens, you know. Because um, they get yeah. they get they get nasty. They want to turn on you. They want to do messed up stuff to your life. It's happened. Um, so well, you know what? You guys got to be. You've got to be more. You know than anybody else out there. Because you you've got a reboot right now of the NYI pretty much. So yeah. you know because you, you know you started off with some really good members, but stuff like you said got burned out, and you know. Yeah. Um, you are where you are now, and, and it pays to be more cautious the second time around because you might not get well, a third, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we gotta be tough. we gotta be touchy about it because um, we do like more dangerous stuff, and we kind of have to like get penalties right. for it to protect each other's lives. You know, so it's kind of right. like, do I trust this person with my life? If I don't, that's then it. You're on the team, you know, that's like, it exactly that's it. for me. For me, that's yeah. that you just hit it right there. If you're not can I trust you? Do you have my back? Not like you're going to, you know, you expect somebody to pull a Bruce Lee and kill everyone in an alley, you know, if someone's trying to shoot at you or anything. It's not. But do you feel that, that if something went down, that they've got your back, they're not going to run, they're going to be able to handle themselves? That's so important, you know. Yeah. So you got to trust that person with your life. Yeah. So you hear and that, now, I, mean, I, I used to be the, the scariest looking person on the team. Now I think Spectre is clearly the scariest looking person on the team. So yeah. I, I, don't have to play, I don't have to play that role anymore. I can actually be a nice guy now. You know, I can smile at people. I can wave at people. I can, you know, not scowl at old ladies. That works for me. 
Becca, you are kind of scary looking, but it's so funny because you know, in speaking with you now, I can see that you're you're probably you know you're probably one of the most calm, happy ones, but you are really kind of scary looking in that picture. So yeah, it's kind of useful. Right? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, you know what? Does he look like Does he look like a um, Metallica? What like Lars? Or, uh, no, 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 Hetfield? Uh, he, looks, he, looks like, he looks like, uh, what's his name? Um, Hetfield, James Hetfield. Yeah, yeah, James I used Hetfield. to get that a lot, actually. I, yeah. I used to have the same kind of haircut and, you know, the beard and everything as well, you know. It was, uh, I used to get that what a lot. What the hell? That is, you know, that's so funny. Those guys are from here. They used to be our friends. Um, they're still nice guys, all of them. Kurt, yeah, yeah. Kurt was, like, drumming with us for a while and stuff, and... Yeah, yeah, that they're I like them a lot. They're they're actually really good people. And that's funny because one of our members, uh, Cognito, just did some uh covers last night with his band. He did oh, a yeah. couple of Metallica. Didn't he do a couple of Metallica? Really? I I, I haven't gotten to hear him yet, but Wait, yeah. wait. He did he did a a Van Halen cover with the boys. Uh Panama. Panama. One of my Holy favorites, shit. yeah. I like I right. like Panama. But I like the uh-huh. version of Panama better because See, I gotta hear it. Uh, I haven't heard all this. Yeah, in Van Halen's version it was like the voice is kinda of thin, we you know, Panama, you know, whatever. Yeah. But Cognito's like Panama you know, he's got the throat, he's got like a Yeah. Oh my like throat was sore, so that helped. <laughs> yeah. He put he put balls yeah. into Panama and I was like, Oh shit. You know, Sweet. So got, you know it's weird? This is so weird. We got yeah. all these, like right now, I'm talk- your mother, talking with you, your singer, you're a really good singer, and then speaking with, see, Spectre's been talking about everything else, but what people don't know is this guy kicks ass as far as the segue, because I got to hear some of your music, which we're going to hear before the end of the show, which is amazing. And then we got, we got Cognito, damn, dude, if we fail to do everything else, just start a freaking band. <laughs> because, okay. We should just have the mother of all karaoke nights somewhere, shouldn't we? Just find somewhere in the middle and uh, have a karaoke oh. night to end all night. No, you know what? That would have to be a <sighs> holy fruit salad. <laughs> holy fruit salad, Batman. That would have to be a whole week. Yeah, yeah. You know why? I yeah, say that all the time now. Yeah, why? Just randomly, I just go. I'm just like somebody say something crazy. I'm just like holy fruit salad. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. You know, it has to end here. It has to end here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be that would be a whole week. Seriously, uh, I think we did we did karaoke like when you were here, just like one night, and and then we have Damos. Oh, I forgot Damos. Damos is you know, Damos of the uh, um, L.A. Initiative. Uh, he yeah, we went down there. He's like, can you, you guys want to come hear my band? And we're we're down in L.A. Like, it is your and I thinking we're going to hear him singing la, 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 you know. Seriously, whenever, no, no, whenever somebody says, <laughs> right? I'm in my band, I'm like, oh, fuck. Now, now right? I'm like, first thing in my mind goes, how am I going to tell this guy that his band is terrible? You know what I mean? Right. And then with his band, I'm just like, holy shit, brother. Like, Yeah, we get out oh. there and he gets on stage. What do we hear? <laughs> and I was like, dude. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I don't even like that music, but what, he, what was so refreshing about his band was that um, 
it has more power. A lot of those bands, they, they just go like, rah, 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 and, the, and there's no rhythm to the drums. It's like speed metal. Rah, 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 rah. But, but he, yeah, they do like Cookie Monster to like speed metal drums, which has no rhythm. It's got no form, nothing. But like his screams are actually like like to the sharp beats. So it actually like came together in kind of like this tight, you know, pounding kind of sound. It was really, really cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like it was it was amazing. So we got all this, we got all this. It's, you know, it's a it's a healthy uh, healthy form of expression and and a good way to get out any type of aggression you've got going on. So yeah. Oh, and and we why don't we form the band droids or gems and stuff? Vector, you're fired. That's the it. Band- you're fired. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll have we. Can do, Dio Zero, I will pay you a hundred dollars if you sing the theme from Jim right now. Right now. Bye-bye. I don't know what that, I don't even know what that is, dude. Dude, I swear to God, I was just about to pay you a hundred dollars for that and you, you blew it. I'll go look it up, dude. I'll go look it up. No, you, you you suck. You didn't you didn't have you no, couldn't pull it out of your pocket. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what you're talking about. I know that it's yeah. some chick with like green hair or something. That's what I know about that. Oh my god. Pink, how do you know this night bug? You should be ashamed. Dude, you must all over. Did you have a crush on Jim when you were growing up? You, you guys are old, yeah. dude. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, we're old. You know what? You we're are old. correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for killing my, my snappy comeback there, my bug. Oh, um, <clears throat> but the, <laughs> anyway, we've got, we've got like uh, less than 15 minutes. Well, we've got 15 minutes left on the air right now. So, uh what do we what do we want to do right now? Is there we've got we've got uh, the show, we've we've got more of Spectre if we want. Oh we've got Spectre song. Did we upload Spectre song? We did. Did we? Wait, 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 I gotta interrupt real quick. My voice was raw and raspy and sore. I haven't even heard it yet. And all I this is Cognito in the chat room, but shut up Cognito because everybody's loving it. Um and I can't wait to hear it all. I know I'm gonna freak out and probably pee down my own leg. Did I just say that on the air? I did. Whatever, I don't care. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Seriously, Cog, yeah. like I just want to—I just wrote this in the chat room, but I'm going to call bullshit on that. If your voice is raspy and sore, you did an awesome job when it comes to vocalists. I'm like the most picky person on the earth. Oh, he like, is. He is. You've got to be. Jerk. I mean, yeah, you've got to be an amazing vocalist, or I will pick your shit apart. But I listened to a couple of the other videos, and I was like, damn, dude, he's got a voice, and you know. It's tough to come across with a good voice on a freaking, you know, cell phone video, you know. Right? But I was like, shit. I mean. Well, the initiative's putting together a, um, a charity CD, too, you know, like a few of them. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's obvious we've got all these uh, all these people who can contribute to it. And um, it's not just initiative people. So and now, I mean, now Todd's got a... Todd's got a band now, so he can, you know, he can put a, a cover together for that. We're hoping to put together a, a half cover, uh, half originals album, or you know, however it comes together. But it's going to be all for charity. Like pretty much every dime is going to go to charity, other than you know, making the actual CDs cost. You know. Um, yeah. We don't get to pocket any of this money, by the way. You know, we got that, i, I got to throw this out there, this whole Nation of Heroes thing, taking initiative. People were scoffing at how much some people, some dickheads, you know who you are, um, were scoffing at the amount that we were asking for. This is a, a full feature documentary 
And for the price we were asking, it's ridiculously low. And uh, people are like, oh, what are we paying for your, your uh, whatever they were saying. Yeah, we get, like, none of it. We're, yeah. we're, we're using it to pay for whatever, you know, it's like everything's transparent. Uh, All the receipts are out there. Yeah. All right, shut up. We're going to listen to um, Spector's uh, song. I Yeah, well, whatever you say is probably whoa, whoa, whoa. true. Let, let, let's, let's. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Let's let's let Spectre tell us about the song before we uh yeah, before we, we started it. Just real quick, real quick. Uh, we have about thirteen minutes, so Spectre, spin us through real quick, and we'll play the song, and then we got to play the trivia game. So up to you. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I mean, real quick. So the reason I picked the song is it's uh, a lot of my songs were kind of um, medieval battle kind of focused. You know, I, I was just a bit of a geek. I like that kind of thing. But the the underlying message was about keeping on fighting, you know, and it doesn't matter how wounded you are, you know, keeping on limping along. And that, that that's my message for tonight is uh, never give up. Um, the song was was the first track. The song's called Take My Life, and um, it, it's all about self-sacrifice and, and, and that, that kind of message. Um, the song was the first song on a CD called Rebirth as well, which, which kind of struck me because, you know, it seems like the uh, New York Initiative is going through a bit of a rebirth right now, and... Uh, it's yeah. a good feeling. So, um, so yeah, it, it was um, recorded by a band I was in called uh, Carnal Rights back in 2009 um, in London, um, and it, it was it was our most commercial song and, and our most successful song in terms of crowd pleasing. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's not as heavy as some of the other stuff we did, but uh, hopefully easier on the ears, you know. Yeah, rock it out.
I got a crick in my neck from head banging. <laughs> you must chill. You I must do. chill. I need to chill. I sit here head banging. I almost hit the desk. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so this is, I, while I'm listening to it, I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy who almost lost a lung. Um, was it one lung? It was, it was one lung, right? And to to this, to a guy who's obviously got this control and power of his breath and his voice. It's, yeah, that's I'm in agreement with your friends. That's that's pretty much miraculous there. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 I wish I could. Have, I wish I could have heard any of that because my phone didn't let me hear anything. Uh, what? So I'm gonna go back. Yeah, I'm gonna go back oh. and listen to it. By myself. You know what, though? It's okay, because I, I like to listen to music by myself anyway. So. I'll, I'll get you a CD, um, man. I've got like 200 of them. Of course. I expect it. <laughs> um, I want one. I want one. Okay. Um, okay. We're going we're gonna, to uh, see if anybody wants to call in and try and get this noise real quick so we get some chat time at the end. So, oh, uh, can wow. you play one more time? Dear God, what is that thing? Ah. This is one of my favorite movies. That's all I'm going to say. Just just because it sounds so disgusting, can you play it just one more time? He's going to turn it up? What? Okay. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, one of my favorite movies. Somebody is taking a dump or polishing a rocket, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Honestly, a rocket. That's you are correct, sir. By the way, by the way, Spectre, in, Zero, shut up for a second. In the chat room, people are saying, they're clapping. They're saying awesome. Um, one person said they're washing in the living room with three of their family members. They have boot marks on their foreheads. <laughs> and they're thanking you. So, yeah, so uh, nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You had to say that, and then now he's never mind. Yeah, and nobody got that. Nobody got that sound, huh? It's one of my favorite movies. I threw my oh. bra at Spectre, but it hit the computer. Thank you, Temper. Thank you. Oh, wait, wow. we got a phone call. Temper, you dark. Well, Hang on. We got a well, phone call. Let's see. Go well, ahead and take it. Let's see. Oh. Hello, who is this? Hello. This is Sage Tiger. Hola. Hey, you Hello. Know what? Can you hear me? Hey. Yes. We can hear you. Did you get the did you get the sound? I did get the sound. I'm hoping that, that uh I'm getting it right. I, I think it's uh Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, you know what it does sound it's like sound, that. sounds well, totally like that. It does sound like Wrong. that, but Wrong. That is that is Wrong. right. That is that is Nightbug's answer to you. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, nobody's going to get it this week, it sounds like. So maybe next week someone will get it. And then you guys will go, oh, I, I, if, you, if you've seen the movie. Um, so, yeah, but thank you for trying. And, by the way, since we've got you online here, uh, thank you for uh, your help. Sage Tiger's uh, family put together 200 uh, mini first aid kits yesterday. and uh, Right? Right? Yeah. Two hundred. 
temper just for yeah. uh, I thought the sound was Bug taking a night dump. <laughs> you are correct, well, sir. Thank you. There, that's right. I just held a recorder up to the bathroom, and that was it. That's that's what. It yeah, Dick boy. Fuck God. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh but yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sage. I want. I'm glad you're on the air, so I, I thank you for that. And and for uh, for your family putting together a hundred and what? How many? How many uh, sandwiches? We did a hundred and nineteen sandwiches. Hundred nineteen sandwiches, and then uh, yeah. also at least a hundred hygiene kits. I think. Uh, oh, it was over a hundred. Yeah. It was a hundred and eighty hygiene kits. We ran out of baggies. Dude, dude right? That's crazy. That was, that yeah, was like and those were all people. Yeah, that was all donated from uh, uh, Wolf and Phoenix's school. They ran a fundraiser on just bringing in toiletries to the office for a week. Yeah. It, it was just amazing how generous the whole school was. See, and for those of you people who are listening in the real life superhero world or in the regular, you know, non real life superhero type of world, um, you know, you got something you want to do, you can ask that. You can get your schools together and ask them if they wouldn't mind donating toiletries for uh, handouts and stuff. Get them to us, man. We'll we'll hand them out if you're too afraid to do that. I don't blame you. So um, thank you, Sage. We're gonna we're gonna um, put you on hold for a second while we wrap up the the last few minutes of the show. Right. Thank you. I'll take it. Wrap it up. Sorry. Zero. It's really yeah, yeah, yeah. cool when you when you no I love that dude you you need to sing more often on the show yeah we're already we're already getting like you know eleven twelve no. hours for the show I gotta, you should I sing I gotta practice I gotta practice so I gotta I gotta be as good as Cognito when we get together so I can shut up boo do it no Mr P you know what you're really rude Mr P like I'm tired of the I know that's it man game over man it's game over yeah. game over man. He's sitting here laughing at you, dude. You can smack him in person when you see him in 13 weeks. It doesn't work that way. That is, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Cognito's uh, talking about how I've heard Zero Rock. Yes, he does. In fact, I'll put a link up to some of this. But he's pissed off at me because this is just stuff he did at a karaoke bar. And, you know, dude, it's like he wasn't yo, prepared here. or anything. But whatever. we got to re-record your scary, uh, scary monsters because... Uh, what I was putting there was like pretty cool. It had kind of a because we did we, we yeah. did the um, we did the True Blood opener, uh, bad things. Yeah. And then I still had that kind of you know when you sing you you have that like you set your voice in a different setting. I still had my yeah. throat open to to that to that to that song setting, so I kind of did something like that for Scary Monster. So I'd like to do that with yourself. Oh hell yeah, dude! We're on. Are you kidding? Anything musical, man, the initiative's all over it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. Yeah, great. I'll put you two in the clock in the morning texts about more ideas for songs. Looking forward to it, Zero. <laughs> yup. All right, we got about you a got, minute, so we got a minute. sign off here. Yeah, and we will, I want to thank Spectre. Thank you, because, you know, I used to think I was, like, the calm one. In the, no way, man. I, I can take lessons from you and Tree Wolf <laughs> on being calm and level-headed, and so it's that's been so refreshing. Thank you. Thank yeah, you I appreciate so much. you guys having me on. It's been uh, been a good uh, hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Doctor, I'll, I'll, I'll see you on Tuesday, buddy. You know we got. You will. 
And then uh, next week, you guys will be hearing about this stuff that they're doing on Tuesdays and Sundays and every other freaking day and all the stuff. Because the NYI is going to do a lot of stuff, and I want to share it whether they like it or not. So, ha ah, ha. 20 seconds. Ah, 20 seconds. Play us uh, out, bud. Play us out, bud. Be safe, everyone. Down evil with a mighty sword of teamwork and the hammer of not bickering.